1: Thank you for your presence here this morning. Uh, you've come at, the, at a conclusion of our teaching series, uh, and I, I want to get us started this morning with a question to consider. Uh, it's a short question, but one with some pretty significant impact uh, on your life, and that question is quite simply this, who gets the last word? Now, I'm imagining that there was somewhere in this room a man who wanted to cry out, my wife! And I would just say, live long and prosper, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Live long and prosper. Well done. But who gets the last word? Uh, when when you want to go eat at Rudy's for fried chicken, but your buddies want to stop by El Paso, who gets the last word? Like, do you sort through that with rock, paper, scissors? How does that work? Like, how do you get the last word between Rudy's and El Paso? Well, well maybe, what about... the uh, When all your friends, all your buddies are are talking about and really excited about this party coming this weekend, but your parents have said, no, uh, you can't go to that. Who's going to get the last word? Who gets the last word? When you're sitting down and you're looking at your budget because you found that perfect boat that you've been looking for for months and months and months, and you finally found it and you're crunching the numbers on your budget but you're also remembering God's call to be generous. Who's going to get the last word? Who's going to get the last word? Uh, When you're calculating, you're processing, trying to see if you can leverage what it would take to step up, to buy that next house, that bigger house you've been wanting, uh, but you know that it's going to stretch you, that it's going to be a challenge, that it's going to take precious time away from your family and your involvement in the church, who gets the last word? You see, this question of who gets the last word is a question of priority. It's a a question of value and, yes, authority in our lives. Who gets the last word? Who gets the last word in your life today? Who holds that focus, that priority? Yes, the authority of your life. Is it your career dreams, the pursuit of that? next thing that holds the final word? Maybe even today, is it what other people say or what they think that holds the final word for your life? You decided to come to church today. I'm glad you're here. So I want to ask, does Jesus have the last word in your life today? Does Jesus have the last word I mean, speaking of the church, like, who gets the last word around here for the church? I mean, is that myself, or is that Pastor Terry? Like, is that Pastor Adrian, or even Dr. Phil, who visited last week from the district? Who gets the last word? You see, our mission statement says this. It says that we are transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. So Christ is literally the last word in our mission statement, and it's not a play on words. like It's there on purpose. It's there on purpose. We're committed to giving Christ the last word, to focus on him, to give him the authority in all that we do as his body of believers together, the church. And after all, apart from him, we really don't have anything to offer the world in the way of hope or transformation on our own. Without Jesus, this becomes a nice event center with a great band and good coffee. Without Jesus, our best efforts leveraging all of our resources into the community, we would really be no different than EAUS or Boys and Girls Club. Now, now, don't get me wrong, Uh, we love those organizations. We're passionate about their mission, too, and we're committed to serving alongside of them. But we can make no mistake, friends, Christ is the central focus of our efforts in the community. Our greatest commitment together is to Christ and to seeing others come to know Him and experience life in Him. That's what our mission is all about. our mission is all about. I want to welcome you back to the conclusion of our teaching series, Mission in Action. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been taking a deep dive, a closer look at our mission statement together as the church. We're seeking to gain a a deeper understanding, more clarity, if you will, about what it means to be transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. You see, we want to understand, we want to know the powerful truth that transformation is not a call to pull up on our own bootstraps and do better, but no, it's a genuine work of God's sanctifying grace in our lives, transforming us into His image, transformation. We want to see and understand and be reminded that God the Father is central to our identity as a church, and He's central in everything we do, and He's the central point of our lives as believers. Just last week, we took time to understand the great hope that we have in Christ, eternal life, and our call to share that with others. And today, as we conclude our series, we're going to look at the last word. The last word. We want to see the central and prominent place that Christ has in our lives as believers and as the church. I would invite you today to turn with me in your copy of Scripture to Philippians Philippians chapter 3, the text will be on the screen. Uh, just a small teaser for you, uh, post-Easter, uh, following our Easter series, we're going to do a nine-week intensive study of Philippians together on Sunday morning. So if you were here to, to see the James series, it's going to be a little bit like that, uh, but where we take a deep dive into the letter of Philippians. So uh, Philippians chapter 3, want to hear Paul's words there beginning in verse 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith. That which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. You see, to give Christ the last word is to see him as the central focus and authority of our lives and our mission together. To give Christ the last word is to give him authority over everything, even if that's what it costs. Even if that's what it costs. So does Christ have the last word in your life today. Maybe, maybe there's a part of you that, that wants to say yes, but maybe uh, you're starting to sense that, that perhaps it's guilt or perhaps it's shame or regret about something uh, in the past or the present that's holding the last word for you right now. Maybe, maybe you're still wanting to have the last word about your life, about tomorrow, about what you're going to do. Maybe you still hold the last word. You see, to give Jesus the last word in your life is at the core an invitation to relationship with Him. An invitation to experience new life that nothing in this world can compare to. Are you ready for a life with Christ having the last word? Let's pray together. Lord, today we come before you and we want to humble ourselves, Lord. We want to humble ourselves and hear from you. Lord, you you know our hearts better than we do, so who has the last word, Lord, in my life? Who has the last word, Lord? Will you show us today, speak to our hearts, Lord, convict us, Lord. Because we want to be people that experience you, Lord Jesus, and that share that hope and that good news, that life with others. So, Lord, search our hearts today as we ask the question, who has the last word? We want it to be you, Lord. We want it to be you. And it's in your name we pray. I want to work through our teaching text here a little bit to try to see what the Apostle Paul has come to experience through life in Christ and what he's trying to get us to see and to understand. So let's begin back there at verse 7 and work our way through the text. He says, "'But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ.'" You see, what's going on here, uh, kind of in the background or happening in Philippi, there's that the Christians, Paul's friends, were under attack by Jewish leaders who had come into that church and they were saying that it was not Jesus that had the last word, but yet the Jewish law did. You see, they're trying to upend the good news of Jesus by saying the law had the last word. And so Paul's writing here, and as chapter 3 opens, he's expressing that he's experienced all the law had to offer. He's saying, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. That's the essence of what he's saying. And he now counts that as a loss. As a loss. A hindrance to truly knowing Christ and his righteousness. And friends, this is a remarkable statement because it would have seemed like Paul had a lot going for him. You might say he had a lot to lose. His resume was very, very impressive. You see, Paul, he he was born a natural Jew into a prominent clan within their culture. Both of his parents were Jews, and and they saw to it on the eighth day that he was circumcised, precisely the right day. He said it was a big deal. He went to the best schools. I'm sure he was in the honors program, studied under the hard teachers. He he was an expert in the law, and he said, "I, I lived it blamelessly. And in his radical pursuit of the law, Paul even persecuted Christians. But you see, Paul had a radical encounter with Jesus. Paul was transformed by God. And now, several years later, after that encounter with Christ, after experiencing this new life, Paul's looking back on all those things, all that impressive resume, everything he took pride in, everything he valued and counted on for fulfillment, and he's considering it a loss, a hindrance. The status, the self-reliance, the pride it was actually masking his need for Christ Jesus. Paul might say that those things robbed him of true life. Friends, that helps us to see a truth here that we should never allow anything in our past to rob us from experiencing Christ in our present. Nothing in our past has the power or the authority that we can't experience Christ in the present. He has. The last word. You see, the invitation to give uh, Christ the last word over our past means that we decide to abandon anything and everything that would keep us from experiencing relationship with Him. My friend Brian uh, sent me a devotional this week, and it was a, a fictional story where a, a man falls over the side of the cliff. He was hiking or what have you, and he goes over the side of the cliff and he's clinging for dear life onto a, a branch there that he caught a hold of. And realizing that his, his moments might be limited, he cries out for help. Can, is anybody up there? Can, can somebody help me? Well, then Jesus appears looking over the ledge and says, Friend, I, I can save you. Reach out and take my hand. But first you have to let go of the branch. Well, the man's anxious. He he doesn't want to let go, but he understands that he's going to perish if something doesn't change. And Jesus looks at him again and says, Friend, I, I will rescue you, but you have to let go of the branch to take my hand. Well, the man processes this a minute, and he finally hollers back out loud, Is anybody else up there? You see, we struggle to let go of things for taking hold of Christ. We don't want to let go and embrace him. But what Paul's trying to help us to see is that nothing but Christ is worth hanging on to, whether it's if it's pride in our accomplishments or our jobs, our families, or even our self-reliance, our can-do attitude. We've got to let that go to embrace Jesus. Or if guilt and shame or regret have us paralyzed, frozen in time and space, give Christ the last word over the past. Past doesn't have the power anymore. It doesn't have the power when you give your life to Jesus. So does Christ have the last word over your past today? As he had the last word. Let's continue in our teaching text at verse 8. He says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So you see here that to give Christ the last word doesn't mean he just has authority over the past, but we're giving all of our lives over to the sake of knowing him, experiencing relationship through him. And what Paul's trying to peel the curtain back, trying to help us to understand is that there's absolutely nothing in this world worth as much as knowing and experiencing Christ Jesus as Lord. Nothing. Nothing. You see, following Christ really cost Paul. It cost him. It cost him. From fine food and clothing, his prominence and clout and the uh, scholarly circles, all of that life is utterly gone. And now uh, his body is is marked with scars, and he's in shackles writing a letter from a jail cell. That former life is gone, but he isn't looking for a refund, friends. He says something quite radically different. He says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. I want to offer a 2023 paraphrase here real quick. So all the things that serve to distract me from Christ, the status, the power, all the social followers, the good life that I've sought, I now consider crap. You're going, oh, preacher just said crap. Paul said it first. Because you see, this is a strong and jarring statement. That word there that NIV translates as garbage. It literally is used for waste, excrement, muck and mud and just all the nasty stuff. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. The best behavior, the most success, the most perfectly curated life by worldly standards is actually garbage compared to the life offered and available in Christ Jesus. Nothing compares. Friends, nothing even comes close. You see, that's the beauty, the magnitude of life with Christ as the final word. Friends, that's the invitation. That's the truth that he's helping us to see. That whatever we're valuing, whatever we think is our ultimate end, pales in comparison to life experiencing Christ. That's the life we have in Him. And friends, it's that life, it's that good news, it's that experience of redemption and hope that we are called to share with others. To see others find and know Him because we are transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. To see others experience transformation, experience freedom from their past, freedom that they've been longing for, a new life in Christ. Our call, our mission, our opportunity is to partner with God in those moments, in what He's doing in and through our world, in our communities, in our schools, at work, at the grocery store. So what does it look like? I think it looks like moments of beauty, of restoration, of seeing God do amazing things when we give Him the last word Might look a little bit like this. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh?
0: (laughs) Come on. (laughs) It's a leopard. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his hair. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. Rabbi. Rabbi. Rabbi, Rabbi, you have all this disease. Know, you can... Please, please, please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. I knew it. What can I... What can I ever do? Well, do not say anything to anyone. You don't seek your own honor? Please just do me this one thing. But, but what do I tell people? Go,
1: show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed
0: the proper offering in the temple, as Moses commanded. And go on your way.
1: <sighs> Who an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Definitely your color, (laughs) not too shabby. (laughs) The beauty of Christ, the power for healing and restoration and transformation is alive. That's the life of Christ that Paul is saying nothing compares to. That's the life that we're to give ourselves to sharing, to pointing others to. It's the church. We're called to see others, to, to show others Christ that they too can experience him. So to give Christ the last word as the church, as our collective body together, is not only the life we are going to experience together, but it's the authority that will guide all of our actions. All of our actions. And to be honest, friends, that may be a challenge at some point. That challenges me, and I think it's going to challenge us together. Uh, Did did you notice at the beginning of this clip, uh, I grabbed a screenshot, the disciples covering his mouth, trying to stop him, Mary's in shock maybe, John over here I think has his dagger drawn. You ever been there when Jesus was calling you to move? When Jesus is calling to share his life, to speak up, to reach out in compassion, have you ever felt like that? I know I have. And friends, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that those moments are in our future where the kingdom of God is going to be moving in such a way that it stretches us, it pulls us, it causes us to go into fight or flight mode. Will we give Christ the last word? When he turns around to you and to me and says, It's okay, will you give him the last word? It's the church. And friends, I say that's a challenge because uh, uh, there's going to come a time when we uh, give Christ the last word over what's comfortable. There's going to come a time when we give Christ the last word over our preferences, over what's popular. There's going to be times when giving him the last word is going to feel unsafe. In those moments, will we give him the last word? That's the church. You see, in just a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to celebrate February 12th, I-, I told you. We're going to celebrate together all that God has been doing in and through the life of the church But to give him the last word means that we're not just going to stay there. We're not just going to stay in an attitude of party. But no, we're going to resume the mission. We're committing to lean in and leverage our resources to see others hear about Christ. It's to lean in. We're we're committed this year to partnering with the town of Elkton uh, through their events. Yes, they're a great time. They're fun. uh, But you see, Jesus has the last word. And so we're committed. We want to leverage our resources to tell others. Yes, to build relationships. Yes, to build friendships with other people in our community. But on Kids Fishing Day, we want opportunities to share Christ with people. When the cruise in comes around, yeah, we want to enjoy the cars and the hot dogs. And we're going to have fun. But you know what? We want to see people hear about Jesus. So we're going to tell the children about him in a presentation of the gospel because Christ has the last word. And you know, Ms. Stephanie, um, she helped me this year. She helped me to see this lived out. If you know Ms. Steph, uh, she's our children's ministry director. Uh, she showed me this year because y- you, if you know Steph, she's passionate about two things, Jesus and children. And when those two things are your passion, it's kind of an automatic that you're passionate about Vacation Bible School, right? VBS. Now, we've done VBS here uh, two years now, both years that we were uh, open to the public. So, we've done that, and they've been uh, an awesome success thanks to the hard work and the leveraging uh, of volunteers. Children accepted Jesus into their life at VBS both years. It works. It's an awesome event. But you know what? Christ still has the last word. And so if you know anything about Elkton or Shenandoah, you know, the greater, wow, I said Shenandoah. Wow. I'm getting there. Yeah. All right. Shenandoah. If you know anything about Elkton or Shenandoah, you know that a student uh, could get out of school and literally go to a different vacation Bible school every week of the summer until they went back to school. Now that's awesome. I love it. I love that our area is, is investing in the community. But you know what Miss Stephanie said this year? The person who loves Jesus, who loves uh, children, is passionate about them, passionate about VBS. She said, I'm wondering if we could reach more kids through a one-day outreach event. You see, Steph loves VBS. It's like her jam, but Jesus has the last word. And she's willing to lay it on the altar to see his kingdom come to more children. And Friends, that challenges me because I love Kids Fishing Day. But if there comes a time when we realize that there's other ways we need to invest to see more children come, I need to say, okay, let's do something different. And friends, that's not just going to be me or Miss Steph, that's going to be you. That's going to be a decision in your life to pray and to trust the leading of the Spirit, even when it's away from what you like and what's comfortable. And it might be hard. It might be hard, but that's what it is to give Jesus the last word in our lives. Uh, As the band comes, I I promise we're we're getting close to done. We're committing to give Jesus the last word in our lives together together. I would ask you, are you in? Are you in? How about you? <laughs> Will you join us? Will you say with the Apostle Paul, look how he, he comes back in verse 10. Uh, he's already unpacked all this, tr- all this truth, all this uh, prioritizing, exclusive uh, of Christ's rule. And he says it again. He says, I want to know Christ. Christ. I want to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Is that the cry of your heart? Because that's the invitation before us, friends. Through the sufferings, I wish he could have left that part out, Right? Through the trials, could have left that out too, but he doesn't. You see, that's the heart cry to give Jesus the last word is through the trials, is through the suffering, and through the celebration. Will you give him the last word today? I really had to wrestle with this for my own life. Because you see, just, just sit under that question a minute. Lord, who has the last word in my life? I was walking laps down there in Stonewall Park this week thinking and praying about this. Because i got to stand up here before you with a person of integrity and preach this. And teach it. But the question that I sense God asking me is, is it true for you? When you look at your life, does it cry out, I want to know Christ? Is that true for you? Is that true for you today? Is that the longing of your heart? See, what Paul has shown us here is that at the end, the acceptance of that invitation to Jesus, to giving him our all, is life. That nothing compares to Man, if you're here today and you think it sounds a little a little much life's kind of good I would ask you this question what if he's right If you're here today and you're questioning like Paul what's this guy yelling at me for that can't talk like what's he yelling for what's this all about like I have a pretty good life going I would just ask you to consider, what if he's right? That the life you're enjoying, that you may think is going pretty good. What if you accept Jesus? What if you uh, invite him in? And would would you make space for this to be true in your life? That you would look back, can you imagine how good it'll be? To look back on your life now and go, wow, that was nothing Compared to Jesus, would you make room for that in your heart today? Who has the last word? Friends, I believe with all of my heart that Paul's right. (laughs) That he's right. That there's nothing in this world that's going to compare intimacy with Jesus will you give him the last word will you give him the last word today let's pray Lord today we thank you for the challenge of the apostle Paul Lord to see a man who, who perceivably had it all but yet looks back after experiencing you and says, that was just rubbish compared to intimacy with Jesus. Lord, thank you for the challenge of that truth today, the truth of your word. And Lord, we want to humble ourselves. Lord, we want to hear you ask us individually, is it true? Lord, to those of us that want to say, yes, Lord, you have the last word, Lord, we want to sit under the weight of that question, is it true? Lord, I just want to say to you this morning, I want it to be. I want it to be. I want it to be. Friends, that can be your prayer today, if that's the cry of your heart. Give him the last word. Lord, we... Yes, Lord, we we want to give you the last word in our lives, our coming, our going, our finances, our priorities, all of those things, Lord, we want you to have the last word. But God, we want you to have the last word over our church, over what we do together. Lord, how we leverage our lives to see your kingdom come. Lord, today we give you the last word. Let it be true.